Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody to Outsports Radio. We are what I what I don't even know what today's date is. May something or other. May twenty second. It's May the twenty second. <laughs> Memorial Day is upon us. And uh this is Sid Diggler, Jim Bazinski. We're both in Los Angeles this week. Their first time in <laughs> seems like one of us is always traveling these days, but we're both in cloudy LA today. Jim, you got big Memorial Day plans? You got a barbecue? Um, I'm gonna play probably play football on Saturday. We have our last pickup of the weekend of the year of the summer. Oh right, right. And since my team football. got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs, I haven't played in a while, so I might just uh, throw a few passes and hopefully not injure myself. I was thinking about going to play and, and, and maybe trying to play quarterback. I, it's been forever since I did that, and I do I do like playing quarterback. It is kind of fun when you're well when, when you're driving. It's fun when you're getting intercepted. It's not. But. Oh, without interception, it's the worst feeling. But <laughs> or pick six and just like, ugh. Um, well, we're not going to start. We're, we're, we're supposed to start with football today. We're we're jumping into basketball and uh, and Jason Collins. Crazy about it. it was about a year ago, Jim. We were talking about Jason just having come out of the closet and 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 whether he could make a team as an openly gay man. He, he did make a team, and a lot of the news when he first came out was all about him being gay. But slowly that faded, and by the time the season was over, was anybody talking about Jason Collins, the gay athlete? Not only in the. Uh, the Nets got eliminated by the Heat in the second round of the playoffs, and the media always does sort of a you know a lot of sit down a lot of the players, and Jason was one of them. And he said he's not sure if he's going to be coming back. There's a lot of other stuff he wants to do. You know, not sure if the Nets would want him back, et cetera. But the focus was kind of on that, and he was asked what the gay thing, and it was basically there was that one he called him an idiot. Some some guy some player made some remark that Jason took more as idiotic than offensive, and that was basically the sum total of Jason Collins' negative reactions. Nothing from the fans, nothing from anybody, and it's sort of a model for what we, what we said is going to happen. I mean, Michael Sam's a different story. He's starting his career. There's a lot more thing, but both of us guarantee that you know, assuming Michael makes a team after the first game or so, a few games, people are just going to be seeing him as Michael Sam, the football player. I mean, because at a certain point, there's nothing new to report. And I think that that was the thing with Jason. After he did the circle of, you know, he'd go to visiting cities for the first time and media would ask the questions. Even that, the press conference got shorter and shorter because people had nothing new to ask Jason. How many times could you say, well, what's the reaction been like? How have your teammates taken? And well, People talk themselves out, and then Jason just became a player on the Nets, which is what kind of everybody says we want all along. Well, you can call in if you want to chat about Jason Collins at 347-945-7834. I remember talking in early March. It was about after his fourth game or so with a reporter from New York, and the reporter was lamenting that, oh, Jason, you know, doesn't want to talk to us about about gay stuff or that he couldn't get an interview with him or something. And I said, what are you going to ask him? Well, we want to know what it's like. And I said, but uh, he's been asked that a 
hundred times already. Why would you want to ask him that? And and reporter had to kind of pause and think. Oh, you're right. I guess it's I guess it's not really a story anymore. Yeah, because it's just, well, it was a story, but the story's over. And Jason just became you know a a guy coming off the bench, helping for a few minutes here and there when he could. And I think now it'd be interesting to see what he does next because. You know, as opposed to Michael, Sam, who's had to kind of reject most of the interviews and uh, and other things that have come his way, Jason has been able to embrace them because he already was an established player for many years and he had a career and he certainly had a, you know, he's, he has, he's had 12 or 10 years of, of an NBA salary. And so he's been able to do all the GLAAD awards and the HRC dinners and the, and the media interviews. I'll be curious to see if he gravitates in his next career to gay stuff or sports stuff or if it'll be something totally different. Well, it seems, you know, he hadn't said it specifically, but it seems like it's going to be, he's going to be somehow involved in the public sphere. And that might not necessarily be totally gay stuff, but he said he's he mentioned how many new people he's met. I mean, when you're, you know... When you're invited to the White House and you, you know, you're good friends with uh, Chelsea Clinton, that they were they were schoolmates, and right. I mean, you're at a, you're at a different sort of atmosphere from a lot of other people, and you have a lot of connections. So I think he'll be he'll be doing something that does some good for the public because I think he's been really wonderful in the way he's handled the whole thing, and uh, you know, he's always had a smile on his face, he's always been positive about it, and you really get a sense of a guy who's been liberated. I mean, that's you know. I think one of the things in the Sports Illustrated piece that his coming out story was about almost like a Christmas or something when he kind of woke up by himself and basically said, I don't want to live like this the rest of my life. It wasn't simply that he was alone in the house by himself, but like seemed like alone in everything because he was still closeted and he didn't have that anymore. And, you know, so I think we're going to see a lot of Jason and, um, you know, he may not play again. Again, he's near, near the end of his career, but he did what everyone said quote unquote you couldn't do <laughs> right we've read it for years you couldn't do that but, and he played in the NBA and LeBron and uh, Wade and Kevin Durant played against him and were great and you know the superstars said no problem and the media and everybody finally said no problem and it became a non-story yeah and well <clears throat> it's funny you know, we've said for years that this would be a non-story. I think that five years ago, Jason Collins could have come out and it would have been, it would have been a positive story that would have developed into a non-story. And I wonder, like, what people thought would happen if, 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 if did they think that players would refuse to play against them, that they would try to injure him, that they would throw constant gay slurs at him? I mean. What did people think was going to happen? Because people said it was literally Im a year ago I had a guy in the media tell me it was impossible to be openly gay in professional sports, and now we have two. What on earth did people think was going to happen? I think all of the above, and I think it's just, you know, people will see an isolated instance. They'll see stuff that happens with fans. I think fans are the fans are going to be terrible. Well, the fans are cooler about it than people think, and... I've said for years that if if Jace or J and a a player, a gay player, went to an opposing you know arena and that crowd started anybody in that crowd started anti-gay stuff, people from that own team would go tell him to shut up. I mean, 
you know, if you're a Broncos fan and you're a gay person and the guy next to you is ripping Michael Sand because he plays for the Rams and starts calling him the F word, you don't care if he's a fellow Bronco fan. You're going to probably want to punch his lights out. And so I think that would be the effect. It's different. Maybe it would be different in the Premier League in England. You know, maybe there's some of that stuff is pretty brutal. But I think people have all these exaggerated fears based on what they've heard themselves or people say and you know, I, you're right. I don't. I don't know what people were expecting that you know the sky would fall or there'd be a boycott. Yeah, I think they expected it to be really uncomfortable. I think that's that's one big thing. They 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 they. I think these a lot of these sports reporters they took what they heard in high school and applied it to the pros, and and also took what they heard in high school and 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 turned that into homophobia that doesn't exactly exist. Again, if you want to call in, it's three four seven nine four five seven eight three four. And and as you and I know, as we've been told over and over again, the professional athletes say they heard lots of homophobia in high school, some in college, and none in the pros. And and, and these sports reporters just I think they took their high school experience and applied it to to twenty eight year old professionals, but there's just there really is no connection there. Yeah, I think the interesting thing will be we've had Jason and now Michael both were selected by teams that knew they were openly gay, that, you know, what's going to happen when we have an established player coming out while on a team? Um, that'll be just that'll be the new different wrinkle. But, you know, I just at a certain point, yeah, I understand why people on their own thing may not want to come out publicly versus coming out to, you know, people within their own sphere. But this idea that somehow the, the society is going to turn against them, we've just gone long past that. I mean, we just had marriage equality in Oregon and Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, the Republican governor who's opposed to it simply decided not to appeal the decision, in part because the polls show that a majority of Pennsylvanians support same-sex marriage, and he's in a tough re-election race. So even if it was done for political reasons, he saw the way the wind was blowing, right, and said, why should I appeal something I'll probably lose anyway? Um, it's not politically viable, and that's a big change from just you know eight years ago when that was a you know when it was the other way when gay marriage was used uh, you know against people who were pro gay marriage. So I think society's really really changed, and so now the latest thing, of course, we hear all the fan every time there's a coming out story, you get a selection of fans. You know, I don't care. Why do you can't you keep your private life private, which is sort of the new homophobia, if you want to call it that. It's like. You know, they claim they don't care, but at the same time, they're ripping the guy. But that's progress, I guess. Right, yeah, well, it's uh, you, you never you never hear the 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 LGBT people or the people we know are really strong supporters saying, "Why is this a story? We shouldn't be talking about this." I don't care. It's always the it's always the people, and and frankly, I, listen, I don't want to stereotype. I know that there are there are. There are some incredibly supportive people in places like Alabama and Mississippi and rural Texas. But when I glow on Twitter and I look where pe- these comments come from, that's where it's from. Rural Ohio. It's never. It's never from San Francisco and West Hollywood and Chelsea. What well, Rory McIlroy, the golfer, just you know announced he broke off his engagement with Caroline Wozniak. Now, isn't that a straight? person quote unquote throwing his sexuality in our faces you know like why do i have to hear that why does he have to tell me that well, you know it's the same thing we sort of hear that and people just say oh gee it's so, so poor guy or poor guy and woman you know i mean we sort of 
we don't look at it that way, but that's the way a lot of people tend to look at it now. So that's why I said it's progress. They can come out and say they're against the gay players, so now they say, well, nobody cares. Well, that's right. the case. Great. Well, we had Nick well, Saban last week, the Alabama coach, saying, you know, he's he's convinced his team would totally be fine with an openly gay player as long as that person, you know, was basically a good Alabama football player. and. <laughs> I guarantee you, if a, if, a, if a gay Alabama player would chase down that Auburn guy before he scored that touchdown on, the, on that block, this <laughs> field goal, they would have been cheering their ass off for that guy. Yeah. Well, it's it's something that you wrote about earlier this week about how you know a lot of the Tim Tebow fans and and the the uh, devout Christians were complaining that oh the 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 media treatment of Michael Sam was so positive, and the treatment of of Tim Tebow has been so negative because America loves gays and hates christians and and, and it's it it has been interesting you know when you look at the media first of all i think that what i think their 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 point is overstated but there's also i don't know it, it, there is a hint of truth to to what they say. Well, I, I, well, I disagree because I mean, Tim Tebow was mocked by people because he's Tim Tebow, because he's Tim Tebow the brand. I mean, Russell Wilson is yeah. devout a Christian, is Tim Tebow, and yet Russell Wilson doesn't have—he's <clears throat> not Wilsoning, right? He's not rustling. He's not doing some contrived thing every time he scores a touchdown. I think, and Tebow was such a lightning rod as much for his playing. We've had a lot of comments on that story, and. A lot of them now are about, is Team Tebow a good quarterback? That was so much of the discussion, was that his teams would win and he would look like crap for three and a half quarters, and then it became the debate of as much about him being a quarterback. I mean, you know, we've seen that and we've written that. If Tim Tebow was as good as Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, there'd be a different debate because he would be a superstar in the NFL. But so much of it got tangled up in whether or not he was any good that his supporters sort of conflated the two, his abilities versus him being a Christian. And yeah. you saw Michael Sam, I mean, once that Oprah, rea- uh, you know, documentary reality show, you recall, came out, he got slammed by people. He wasn't getting <laughs> kid glove treatment, um, right? I mean, you know, it wasn't like, oh, they gave yeah. Michael Sam a pass for that. No, they he was he was hammered last week when the news of that came out. So he was treated just like anybody else would. But he, he wasn't yeah. saying that because he was gay, and you know. So yeah, I, I kind of think that there isn't. That's why I wrote about. It. I think there is a false equivalency, and Tebow is not persecuted. The NFL's. I mean, how many times do you see a prayer circle every NFL game? Pretty much. <laughs> well, there, yes, there is a prayer circle every NFL game, and so how do you say that? Gee, these poor Christians are getting you know persecuted. I think as well, much as I you know. Say- if you want to join our conversation about Tim Tebow and Michael Sam, it's three four seven nine four five seven eight. Three, four. I, I didn't say that the people were getting persecuted, but when you look at when you look at the way the media treats gay people and treats Christians, there there is a difference, and and I I think part of it is because the Christian people are in such a majority. When somebody's in a majority, you just don't the the media feels like they don't have to handle you with kid gloves a little bit the way that they do with minorities. I think you I think when well, you look true. at because race you're in a position issues, of power. You you make no, the laws, law, you you know, you yes. and so yeah, I think you're right about that is that same thing, you know, you can eat more easily, quote unquote, mock a white man because white men have run the country from day one versus, you know, uh, other people who don't have that power. So yeah. 
I think the Tebow thing was such a phenomenon because of Tebow more so than Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers is also himself incredibly religious. You know, you just don't hear people talking about their religion in any way. It's like, you know, Russell Wilson dropped God as probably as much as Tebow did, but Tebow was just a fascinating person. Well, it is when you, know, when you look at the individuals, right? So Michael Sam, he, you know, his entire season uh, heading to the Cotton Bowl, he didn't do any media interviews and didn't do any press conferences. He did a couple of interviews uh, when he came out and then went radio silent. He did one press conference. He did uh, maybe one more interview. I mean, that's it. Like, he has avoided the media. He has avoided the spotlight. Certainly the spotlight has been shined on him because of his big announcement. But Tebow was just, you know, everywhere. And, and he was, and he was such a good to... he was such a good quarterback in college. I mean, he was, like it or not, he, the, the, you know, he was great at the University of Florida. So his yeah. profile was so much higher that he couldn't avoid it. And the expectations for him were high, and the hopes for him by an entire group of people were high. And I think there is there's certainly an equivalency there. You have uh, Tim Tebow was was in a class above Michael Sam based on how he performed in college. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. And he won national championships. He was quarterback, the face of the team. Michael Sam had a very, 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 very good season. But still, there's an entire community of people who are basing a lot of their hopes on this person succeeding. They're, they're, they're champion, if you will. And when you look at Tim Tebow coming into the league, a lot of people said, his game won't translate, his game won't translate, he's going to be a bad NFL player. And that's exactly what he was. When Michael Sam coming in, a lot of people have said, he's going to be, uh, he, you know, his, his game won't translate, his game won't translate. And the question is going to be, will... The community who has so many hopes on him, will those hopes be dashed, or is he going to be able to to prove his critics wrong? So I think there is some equivalency there, even if certainly Christians are have a different status in the United States than than, than gay people. Well, yeah, and again, I think that that both guys had to prove themselves. I mean, Tebow had his chance, and for whatever reason, NFL teams don't think he's worthy to have on their roster. Um, you know, and Sam will see in a few months whether or not that's true. Um, but both have had the same opportunity to succeed. I mean, Sam's going to have every opportunity to make the Rams. Just because he's a seventh-round pick doesn't mean he's at some giant disadvantage, um, you know, once camp starts. So in that way, it's going to be a total, as Bill Pauling keeps saying, a meritocracy. Yeah. Funny, that's the word I've been using. Bill Pauling and I cut, cut from the same cloth. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> and no, and nowhere is there a, a greater meritocracy than in the the locker room. And our friend Connor Barwood was chatting about the locker room uh, on Reddit uh, earlier this week. And you know, a, a lot of people talk about gay athletes and, and how the, uncomfortable it would be to have them in the locker room because of how they might be looking at other guys who are naked. And you and I have said for probably. 15 years that straight guys look too and it was fun to have Connor asked uh, about who has the biggest wiener in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room and for Connor to <laughs> have an answer and also reference another player and uh, you know you wonder Nick Foles is the starting quarterback 
what I wonder when I saw him say that Nick Foles had the biggest wiener, I wonder which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does the wiener look bigger because he's the great starting quarterback, or is he the great starting quarterback because he has a big wiener? Well, and what about the players who are growers, not showers? So maybe they actually are technically <laughs> bigger wieners, but you don't know in the shower. So, but I, <laughs> Connor's great. He is a he. He was the first straight athlete to ever contact Outsports to tell his sort of say, "I want to talk about gay rights," which is actually yeah. really cool. And he has an openly gay brother and. Um, but he's also, in a good way, a bit of a goofball. He, he, he sort of has a great locker room mentality that he wore this oh, uniform he wore during a playoff game that was just cut extra tight. And one of his teammates tweeted out a picture of it and said, it's the sluttiest uniform ever worn in a playoff game, and Connor retweets it. And so this is what people talk about in the locker room. And so it's always funny when we write these stories, we will hear from some people, almost always gay, you're doing a disservice to the gay community because that's going to be straight people. It's all we're thinking about. Well, it was a straight player that's talking about who has the biggest one on the Eagles. It's right. not us. And it's the gay guys that we've said that in the locker room have said, my God, you know, they don't want to talk about that, right? They're like, they're uptight about it because of the whole stereotype. Whereas the straight guys have no problem discussing it and, you yeah. know, comparing. And we had that great thing by that uh, professor in England about, you know, called it cockocracy, size matters in the locker room. And he... It was interesting. He interviewed these athletes in the straight. Everybody said that the guy with the biggest had a certain status in the locker room, but the straight or the gay athletes that he interviewed were the ones most uncomfortable talking about it versus the straight guys who had no problem addressing the issue because it doesn't bring up well, for them any negative stereotypes. Well, when I go into the locker room at the gym, when I go to a quote-unquote gay gym, it's funny how guys are, many of them, and some are walk around naked, but a lot of them are very shy. They always have their towel wrapped around them. They'll put their underwear back on underneath the towel so you mm-hmm. can't see see them. You go to a straight locker room, the guys are using the hand dryer to dry off. They're, I mean, they're walking around naked. They just don't care. But the gay guys, I don't know if it's because there's some kind of sexual element there. They feel they need to be more reserved or they feel more shy or they feel or they feel like they're being watched or looked at so it's it's a yeah, maybe dynamic every, maybe they're self-aware right maybe people are self-aware and they're aware oh if someone looks at me down there that means they're interested because it's I, yeah it's i've noticed the same thing and so that's why i think it's funny that it's connor who has no problem joking around about that and it's some of the gay people that we always every time we write these we always hear from sub excuse me somebody saying that you know well we put we wrote about we wrote about Connor talking about it and somebody sure enough you know uh, the last two times I've come on to Outsports it's been something about penis size you know let's let where's the real journalism here and you and I have talked about maybe doing more fun stuff. I mean, Outsports used to be a little more fun and, and that's what we're going to probably do more of, just fun stuff and there's no reason not to. But but people have, you know, they started coming to Outsports in the last year or two, you know, finding groundbreaking stories and what have you and that's what they've come to expect, but sometimes we just want to have fun. Well, and plus, it's the internet. So running one story doesn't mean you can't run another story. It's not like a in newspaper or magazine we have a limited space. 
So you want to read the stories about who has the biggest one on the Eagles? Just don't click on it if you want to read all the coming out stories. So we do like to have fun. Um, I found a, I'm doing a whole thing just on soccer players kissing. Which oh, geez. Are a, <laughs> just leading up to the World Cup. I mean, it's a great tradition in soccer to have all players kiss each other after a goal. And, you know, someone will say we're whatever, but it's like, well, these are professional athletes. Um, on the pitch, so to speak, but we do want to have, a, you know, we we do try to have fun. In addition, with all the, the the serious stories we run, and so yeah, it's some. But again, it tends to be a minority. We'll look at one or two comments, and most people kind of get it. And those, of course, are the most viewed stories often on a particular day. <laughs> of course. Well, it's they are, but you know, the for. Uh... I notice that a lot of the, the the stuff that really gets the long term traffic is those coming out stories. That's what that people are interested in, more long term. But um, well, what? Uh, so you're going to play football this weekend, and I think I might join you. We'll see. You have any other plans? No, I work Monday, so it's a sort of a t- typical week for me. Oh yeah, right. You don't get the three day weekend. It feels like a holiday because there's no traffic on Monday, but it's different. What about you? I don't think so. I have. Oh, we have a wedding. I have my second gay wedding ever oh. coming up on Who Sunday. Do you know Eddie Hunt? Yeah, I think he played. He played pickup with us a couple times. He's from the New York Gay Football League. That's where I met him. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I remember him. He's getting married. He lives out here. But um, that's all the time we have this week. I'm sure we'll be back with more weddings and penis size and all kinds of stuff next week. We will talk to you then. <laughs>